Well, it's good to be with you. I uh, hope uh, you enjoyed Nate's intro. During the week, he was really keen to, uh, to be a part of our time together. He's been watching online. He's like, Dad, can I pray? Can I? I'm like, buddy, you can do that for sure. I love the fact that he wanted to do that. And so I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, it's great to be able to pray together. It's great to be able to be together online. As we have been doing, we're getting so, so close to be able to meet face-to-face. Uh, this morning right now, they are... Uh, our gathering coordinators are meeting to start thinking through all the procedures and the protocols that we need to put in place so that we can meet and make sure that we are safe, but also do it in a way where we still feel like Sorovival Yarrawarra in a warm and friendly way. So uh, I'm going to pray right now that this time will be a good time. And I'm also going to come before God uh, and lead us in a time of just general prayers, but also it's good in these moments too to just pause and reflect on how we're traveling with God and our relationships with each other so we're going to do that by confessing our sins together so will you join with me in prayer now let's do that our dear gracious God we come before you knowing that you are a holy God a God who loves us and has called us to love you with all our heart soul mind and strength But Father, we know that we don't always do that. There are times where we love ourselves more than we love you. That we go chasing after our own wills and desires and neglect your will and your commands. So Father, we ask this morning that you would forgive us. But as we sit here uh, or uh, being together online, we also acknowledge that we haven't always loved each other's as you have called us to either. We have not put the needs of others before ours. Father, whether that be our family, our friends, or our work colleagues, or our neighbours, or whoever it might be, Father, we come and we say sorry. We are so sorry that we haven't glorified you in the way that we have loved those around us. And again, we ask that you would forgive us. Father, we know that you have forgiven us through your Son, Jesus, and that you have given us your Spirit, to be with us, to be our helper, to be more and more like the people you have called us to be, to be more and more holy, to honour you and glorify you with all we say and do. So, Father, we ask that you would help us through your spirit to do that, that we continue to grow in our holiness for one another, uh, for you and with one another. Father, we also uh, pray for our team as they are meeting to think through the the, the procedures and the protocols that are needed for us to get back together in a safe way, but a warm way, a warm and welcoming way. Father, we ask for wisdom. Father, we ask for guidance. And Father, we ask for a heart that seeks the lost. Father, we pray that as we come out of COVID and get back to meeting together, Father, we pray that we would see this as the perfect time for us to be on mission together, to be reaching out to our community who have been feeling isolated and detached for being feeling lonely and forgotten. Father, we pray that we would reach out with the love of Jesus and that we would declare that love in the way that we meet with each other, the way we talk with each other and the way that we talk and meet with others. Father, we pray that you may be preparing our hearts to take the word, the good news of Jesus out and that you'd be preparing the hearts of those who we will take it to. Father, we also pray for... uh, for those who are on the, the front lines of uh, this virus, of this pandemic, the, the nurses and the doctors that are 
stretched, Father, or exhausted, we ask that you continue to sustain them and keep them going. You continue to give them grace. You continue to, to give them a, a heart to, to serve. But also, Father, we pray that you keep them safe. And Father, we pray, we pray for our area. We pray for the Southern Shire. We pray that, that during this time as we've been in isolation, as we come out of isolation, Father, we pray that this would be a time for your word to go out, to go out boldly and passionately. Father, that your words of hope and of, uh, of assure, assurance of heaven, of a life that is better than what we've experienced so far and in particular in this year father we pray that you would that you would lead us and use us in this endeavor and father finally just want to thank you for all the people who have been able to uh, serve in our online digital gatherings father the way that our musos our leaders our people who are doing the videoing the sound the uploading the editing the, the preaching, the Bible reading, the prayers, the whole lot, Father. Thank you so much for the way that our church has rallied together to make sure that we still keep some resemblance of church going in this online way. Father, thank you for the way that has still felt like sorrow revival, even even though it is very un-sorrow revival being not in person and being online. Father, we thank you for the Zoom as well that we've been having. And Father, we pray uh, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said, we've been doing many fun and cool stuff uh, with our digital gatherings uh, and we've been doing Zoom and one of the highlights for Yarrawarra for me has been our Zoom meetings afterwards and unfortunately we are not having a Zoom meeting this morning because our team is together uh, doing some planning so there's a few less of us who are able to, to do that and be there so I'm sorry that we can't do that, it's been fun doing that. But, uh, but we're going to be doing uh, all this planning and things like that. So there'll be some more information coming out soon. Uh, we're going to be doing a trial gathering for Yarrawarra next week. And um, hopefully uh, we will have some, uh, some awesome news on where we're going to be meeting uh, next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll get that out through various different ways. But what we're going to do right now is we're actually going to pause and we're going to read from God's Word. So I'd love for you to grab your Bibles wherever you are or your smartphone if you're not watching this on your smartphone because that could be a bit hard and we're going to read from Proverbs 16 and Kat's going to do that for us so I'd love for you to do that. Thanks Kat. Let's read from Proverbs 16. To humans belong the plans of the heart but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seems pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. The Lord works out everything to its proper end, even the wicked for a day of disaster. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemy to make peace with them. Better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. The lips of a king speak as an oracle, and his mouth does not betray justice. Honest scales and balances belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are of his making. 
Kings detest wrongdoing, for a throne is established through righteousness. Kings take pleasure in honest lips. They value the one who speaks what is right. A king's wrath is a messenger of death, but the wise will appease it. When a king's face brightens, it means life. His favour is like a rain cloud in spring. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. The highway of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. The appetite of labourers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. A scoundrel plots evil, and on their lips it is like a scorching fire. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. A violent person entices their neighbour and leads them down a path that is not good. Whoever winks with their eye is plotting perversity. Whoever purses their lips is bent on evil. Grey hair is a crown of splendour. It is attained in the way of righteousness. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Well, there's a lot in that, and that went on for 32 verses. So thank you for reading that. So my name's Tim Anderson. I'm one of the volunteer pastors at Soul Revival. And I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to get into Proverbs 16. So Father, thank you for everybody who's tuning in today. And we just pray that you would give them a little bit of your wisdom as we read Proverbs 16 today in Jesus' name. Amen. So Proverbs 16 is written by Solomon, the king of Israel, who's David's son. So it's a time when Israel is at the height of its power and influence. Everything starts to go downhill from here for Israel, unfortunately, after this time. But with Solomon here, he's a man who has God's wisdom. It was something he asked for and he was provided with, with a gift. And in this this version in Proverbs 16, he contemplates some of that wisdom. The chapter lays out principles for the reader. And we know Solomon, who's very, very wise, and that his wisdom was a divine gift, means that we should listen to him because it's come straight from God. So since this is true, it means we should all listen because there's some real pearls here for us to grab onto. To kick it off, um, I'm just going to give you a view of the world's current wisdom. So if you could roll the tape, please. If you do the right thing for yourself and your community, things will get better in this country. You don't need help from above, it's within us. Thank you, so that was Chris Cuomo. He's uh, a CNN anchor, giving his view on being wise in the middle of all this unpleasantness. 
happening right now throughout America, which I'm sure if you've been watching the news, you know about. So what do you think? Do you think the speaker was right? Did he get it right or not? So I want you to just have a think about it and just decide. Good, thank you. So just lock that, hold on to that thought, and I'm not gonna give you my opinion either way, but instead what I'm gonna do is go through Proverbs 16 and see what Proverbs 16 says on wisdom. So today, as usual, we have three points. The first point is adopt a God-fearing attitude. The second point is no God, no wisdom. And the third point is an eternal significance. Then we're gonna talk about, well, what does it mean for us today here? Adopting a God-fearing attitude. So God's fingerprints are all over this chapter and he's graciously taking us into his confidence to explain how things work. If we listen, we'll feel a little better about our lives because it's clear that our God is a sovereign God, all-powerful, all-knowing, and he works his purposes out with or without our help. So the good news is that God works through his people and explains, he actually explains how he does this in several verses. So from verse three, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your, your plans. In six, through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, evil is avoided. In verse nine, in their hearts, human plan, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In verse 20, whoever gives heed to instruction prospers, and the blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. And verse 33, the lot is cast in the lap, but it is the decision, every decision is from the Lord. We think we're independent and in control of our lives, but here we see that that's simply not true. We can establish our plans in our hearts, but it is the Lord that makes those plans happen. You see, we contribute through our, through our actions, but it is God who decides how these things work out. So you have human action, but also divine power working. So the underlying assumption of this is that God's people are God-fearing. Now the term God-fearing used to be well understood and was quite common not that long ago, but it sounds a little tinny to human ears. It sounds quite strange. It's a strange thing to say and people today lack an understanding of what it, what it is or how important it is to the concept of a Christian life. The term, the fear of the Lord, comes up three times in Proverbs. So in um, Proverbs 100, sorry, in, sorry, comes up three times. One, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. In 1 to 7, 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In 9 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It basically means it is the fear of the Lord that leads to understanding and wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge start with God and they come from God. If you reject God, you can never truly be wise. So no God, no wisdom. In order to know wisdom, you must know God. Unfortunately, the modern world's underlying assumption is that there is no God. This assumption underpins most 
of modern society, whether it, you, you hear the messages coming through the media or in the government or through policy. So we have seen what unwise acts look like in the last few weeks, actually last week if you think about it, people coming out in their thousands without consideration for others, clearly against the public health orders in the midst of a pandemic. So it was not just unwise, but it was foolish. And we're seeing the consequence of this foolishness across the globe and here in, here in Australia. So people ask, how can this happen given all we know about COVID-19? Well, what does Proverbs 16 say about this? In verse two, all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. In 17, the highway of the upright avoids evil. Those who guard their ways preserve their lives. And 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride and arrogance lead to a fall. If you do not fear God, then there is nothing constraining you, nothing of value holding you back from doing exactly what you want to. If, you're a, if you are your own judge, you can judge yourself right and good regardless. The idea that you can judge yourself as being right and good all falls to pieces if we know that there is a living God who judges all. Because you'll have to accept that you will be judged fairly and therefore deservedly fake face consequences in this life or the next. This is why today people try to eject God out of the public square. They don't want to hear that they are moral be beings with an eternal destiny, all of us. If they accept that they are moral beings with an eternal destiny, then what they do on this place in this time matters. It matters so much that it constrains their actions and today people just want to do what they want to do. Eternal significance, my next point. If you believe in God or you don't believe in him, doesn't matter because God can't just be wished away. He's still here whether people believe in him or not. All of us are eternal beings, all of us. Our actions in this life matter and they have consequences in the next life. So God is still sovereign and on judgment day, we all have to bow the knee to the King of heaven. Those who have been wise, who fear the Lord, will change their lives and become a member of God's family through Jesus' death and resurrection. Those who choose to be foolish, choose not to follow Jesus and have an eternal destiny separate from all the good and right things for eternity. So that is why the psalmist Oh, sorry, the, um, in Proverbs 1, 1 to 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So how do we live now knowing what is in Proverbs 16? Well, we know that the fear of the Lord also leads to a life of meaning and commitment. It brings order out of chaos, joy in suffering and hope in difficulty. The last few months have been filled with so much uncertainty, disruption, anxiety for the future. There are people who have lost jobs and the future still feels pretty unclear. Millions of people have been infected across the globe. Over half a million people have perished. So 2020 has been a year that just keeps on giving all the wrong things. It is in this time that what we do 
matters more than ever. How do we as a community of believers react to the circumstances around us now is really that it's so important. There are behaviours in Proverbs 16 that we should try to mirror as they provide a guidance to living wisely in the circumstances we find us. So from Proverbs 16, 21 to 24, some points that I think are useful. The wise in heart are, cons- are called discerning the gracious words promote instruction. Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. The heart of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So there's some wise words. Be prudent, be discerning, be willing to be instructed and use gracious words as they are sweet to the soul and they do bring healing. So I know in this this situation I've failed on these very simple but powerful verses. We do. I know I have. So let's think about what these words mean. Prudence. So prudence is defined as reasoned and careful good judgment. It is easy in the current circumstances to be carried away with emotion without really thinking about what you're doing or the consequences of what you do. A call to reasoned, careful, good judgment is a very wise and helpful approach. So how are you going with that? Have a think about that. Willing to be instructed is another wise action. We cannot know everything. It's simply impossible. That is why we have different types of professions. We've got doctors and nurses and engineers and the list could go on forever. These people train for many, many years so that their skills and experience can benefit those people around them as well as themselves. They took instruction willingly because they could see the benefit to themselves and to those who they ended up helping. So that's the same for us. Are we willing to be instructed by God through his word, the Holy Spirit and by his servants? A wise person values instructions because it makes them a better person, more knowledgeable, more skilled, and ultimately more effective. In a time of change and uncertainty, the willingness to receive instructions is a gift, not only to yourself, but to those around you. I really encourage you to read God's word regularly and pray over its content. God will instruct you in the ways if you're willing to listen. So gracious words are like a honeycomb for the soul. I don't think that's never be, there's never been a truer statement. I don't think there has been written. It's so true. We all know what it's like to receive harsh words and to be honest to deliver them. Harsh words do not build up. They do not restore. They do not help with relationships. They don't bring joy. Harsh words have a place when we're giving an urgent warning, like stay away from the edge or don't run with scissors. But I personally probably use more harsh words than gracious words sometimes, and I need to really think about that. Because gracious words are the words that build us up and they bind us together. They grow relationships. They promote friendships. They express love. They give wise instruction and they bring healing to broken souls. You all have memories of a time when you've probably received a gracious word and how that made you feel. 
And the one time that sticks out for me was when my dad was dying in hospital. I showed up after work, not knowing, just to see him, but I found him in a coma and he was oblivious to the things around him. Uh, I rang Jen and uh, my brothers to tell him what the situation is, but I also rang uh, Dad's carer. John had been uh, Dad's carer for about six months. He'd washed Dad, he'd cleaned Dad when he Dad couldn't look after himself. Uh, and he got on really well with Dad. They were sort of friends by the end of it. So I thought oh, I was sort of obliged to tell John what was going on. So I rang him and just out of the blue, he showed up. He showed up to hospital and he sat down next to me while Dad was dying and he gave me really gracious words through the night, really encouraging words, and I'll never forget his kindness for that. So it really was like honeycomb to the soul. Today, the media and the politics, the words, they're vicious, they're unloving. It's, very un it's a very uncaring place out there. There's a lot of anger and fury and it's being spewed out across newspapers and in the internet. Um, and if only people had read Proverbs 16, they would understand how the way of communicating only damages people. Both those delivering the harsh words are damaged as much as those who receive them. So when you get on the internet, please be light in that darkness. With Proverbs 16, 24, dig it out, put it on a post-it note, put it next to your keyboard and next to your mobile phone so you don't fall into the trap. Always try to use words that build up and encourage rather than tear down because these words are sweet to the ear and they're sweet to the soul. So what do we do with these messages from Proverbs 16? Firstly, we need to take on the wisdom in these passages and apply it to our lives. If we just do one thing, we will make a difference to those around us and to our own lives. Imagine if we did all of those. I gave you four of them. Think about those. So back to how we opened the sermon. So let's play that video again. If you do the right thing for yourself and your community, things will get better in this country. You don't need help from above. It's within us. So if you remember what we've just heard, according to Proverbs, the speaker got one thing okay and two things pretty wrong. You should do the right thing for, by, by, to others and people around you, but not because it's within you. You should do it because we're called to do it, to love God and to love others. That's why you should do it. The writer of the Proverbs says the same thing in different ways again and again and again. The beginning of wisdom is, is the fear of the Lord. We need to get that right. And if we get that, if we get that right, remain teachable, be humble, respect authority, love God, we will be wise. Here is my challenge to you for the week. Read Proverbs 16 at least twice. Doesn't, didn't take too long if you remember. And ask God to reveal something from that passage for you. I guarantee you, if you ask God sincerely, with a contrite heart, and you're willing to be instructed, God will give you a pearl of wisdom. So let me know next week what God tells you. That'd be great. And that's the sermon. So let me just pray. And um, thank you for tuning in. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being a gracious and loving God who stands for order in a time of turmoil. 
be with everyone this week at church and let them feel your presence in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.